0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Now we are continuing on a series of teaching that we have embarked on for a few weeks now. Preparation by the master's hand. God preparing us for his next move. And I hope you keep that in the forefront of your mind at all time. That God is preparing us for his next move. He's already preparing us for his next move. God is not considering what's going on right now. Because that's all taken care of. Because there's another move coming. And we need to be prepared for it. If you will, you ought to be in Philippians chapter 2. Beginning at verse 12, which is our foundational scripture, and it reads Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And we are in the process of God restoring us, being restored by the master's hand. When he restores, then there's a restoration to be made. And God is saying each and every one of you need to be restored. And he's working on us. He's giving us tools to, re- to be restored. And so we've talked about some in previous, in some of the previous teachings. We're going to go over a little bit of the information and we're going to get right into the new information of what God is speaking to us. We've been learning that we cannot be prepared For God's next move If we are not restored I don't care how much you love God I don't care how much you go to church I don't care how much you tithe What you give How kind you are Unless you are restored You will not know how God moves Or when his next move is And all of us have to make sure that we are healed and that we are made whole. Every one of us, we have to make sure. We just read. We have to work out our own salvation. So it is our responsibility to make sure that we are healed and made whole. We also have learned. That in order to be restored, we have to work out our own salvation. We already read what it said. We have to work out our own salvation. Church, we have been learning over the past three weeks that we have to work out what God is working in us. We got to work it out. We got to work out what God is working On the inside of us. See, God is working on the inside. What people see are the outside, but God is working on you on the inside. God's working some things on the inside of each and every one of us that will cause us to be made whole and to cause us to be healed and to cause us to be restored. In every area of our lives. See, that's the problem. We want God to just fix one area, but God wants to fix every area of our lives. So position yourself for that. But we have a responsibility in that work that he's doing on the inside. And that is to work out those things that he's trying to work out in us. Our responsibility is when he reveals something to us about what's going on on the inside us, we work it out. We don't say it's not us, we don't say he's talking about my husband, he's talking about my children, he's talking about my wife. You say God, I need to work it out because if you're listening, he 's talking to you. And so the intent of this series of teaching is to prepare us for the next move of God in our lives. We are the church. God wants to prepare us individually, personally, for his next move. We said that the next move of God is connected always to the next phase of our lives. Everybody, we have phases in our life, or what we can call spans of time in our lives, or dispensations in our life, and everyone is connected All the way connected up with what God is doing. His next move is always connected to the next phase of our life. So if we're going to go from phase to phase in our lives, then we need to be connected with what God desires for us to do in our lives since we are going from different phases in our lives. And church, you can't listen. You can't keep packing up all of your bondages, all of your troubles, all of your hurts, all of your foolishness, And carry hurts from one phase to another in your life. It's time to stop that. You can't, it's time to stop. That's why God is saying it's time to be healed. You can't carry, when I say that, I'm saying you can't carry hurts from childhood until young adults. From young adults into adulthood, from unmarried to into marriage. See, so you just can't keep carrying it on. From ha- from being married to having children, just keep packing the baggage up and bringing it in each phase of your life because there's different phases. This is what has to stop. It has to stop because all you're doing is perpetuating things down the line, and you're teaching you, you'll teach your children to do the same. At some point, you have to stop. See that's the point. We don't want to stop. We want to keep it rolling. At some point you have to stop and work it out. Say you know what God you spoke to me. You know I need to slow down. Stop and work it out. The purpose of this teaching is to give us tools that we need to do the work of restoration. Because remember you're working out your own salvation. You're working it out. In other words you have to do the work. This teaching teaching is only going to give you the tools, but you need to do the work. We're not a a minister, a pastor, a preacher. No one is going to work it out for you. You are going to have your own tools and you're going to do the work. And let me tell you, and if you follow God's instruction, let me tell you, you you will master it. You'll take those tools that you never used before and learn how to master it and work it in your life and change your life forever. But that, again, is a work that you must do. We have learned that restoration is a process and it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to wake up one morning and say, you know, okay, I'm all better. And, you know, it's a process. It takes time and it takes work. See, we, like, we we okay with time because we're like, oh, well, it's there. no, but it, not only does it take time, it takes work. You have to put in the work. But I personally, but me personally, I have a hope. With this teaching and previous teachings, teachings that we've taught in this church for years, within the last year, my personal hope that everyone that I pastor, that they will get to a place in life that they can truly say that I have been restored. And we can get there. Uh, If you don't look at me, if you don't look at any of the other ministers, but you only listen to the message, you will be restored. If you, look, if you forget about who's giving it, if you forget about who's saying it and stop thinking that somebody's picking on you or they just mean me and just listen to the word, you will be restored. And if you don't belong to this ministry, let me tell you, I am uh, and you come in here and you're getting this. Well, let me tell you, I just blessed your pastor so because he's going to get somebody that's going to be restored. If you get grab a hold of this truth. There are too many Christians that are living their entire lives, their whole Christian life, and have never really been made whole. Never. And they've never really been complete. All the way down, you know, they've they just never been complete. There's always something in their Christian walk. When you're completing your Christian walk, things may come up, persecution, different things, troubles, because in this life there is, but because I have been made whole, I know how to walk through it. Many Christians don't get there. The goal of this teaching is for us to establish and be productive, to be established and productive. There are many people, under the sound of my voice, you are established. You've got yourself in order. You've got the education you want. You've got the job you want. The careers that you want. But when it comes down to being productive in the things of God, you lack. You got natural things maybe in order, but spiritual things, no, no, no. Your family may be organized. Everything you're trying to get your finances in order, but spiritually you lack. Then we have people that are productive. you you do everything in church. You're all about the things of God and everything. But if we look at your personal life, there's it's no establishment there. But God is requiring us to be both. Both established and productive. And we can do that. We can be that. Amen? Because it is His good pleasure that he's trying to work out in our lives. And so listen, we had several objectives that we going we were looking at and we the first one that we've dealt with in the last 3 weeks or 2 weeks or 3 weeks is how to reveal what has been damaged, and we worked on that. How to reveal what has been da- what has been damaged, and then today we're going to deal with how to heal our hurts. And we're gonna do. We're going to, we're gonna be dealing with several for several weeks, but this is what we're gonna deal with today: how to heal our hurts. And so, in our first lesson, when we talked about working out our own salvation, we said that the work is what obedience absolutely should be on your notes. In other words. I have to work out what God is working in me. I have to obey what He is saying to me. I have to obey those things that I know. That is the will for my life. I have to obey those things. When I say that, I'm saying it like this. Maybe sometimes you're sitting at home or someone, are you talking to someone? Are you, are you reading your Bible or, or, are you listening to a message? And all of a sudden you know or you believe that God has just spoke to your heart and you be like, Oh, I know that was God. Or you were sitting down talking with someone and all of a sudden they said something that you, that they don't even know. And you said, Oh God, I know that was God. That's the thing that you must obey. You don't just keep it to yourself and say, "Oh yes, oh gosh, it's amazing." They said that it was that was just confirmation, confirmation of what that you're still not doing what you were supposed to do. You have to obey that. You know, people love to say, "You know, this is just confirmation." Whenever you're getting confirmation, it's because you haven't done it. You don't need confirmation if you're if you're doing it. If you're going to, he has to repeat it again. And now you have confirmation. Then what? And then you wait, and somebody else said, and then you're like, I got double confirmation. You're still not doing it because you don't need confirmation if you obeying. Oh, that's changing everybody's deal. Like, oh man, I like saying that. You know, I got confirmation. Well, I'm telling you, it's only it's only meaning that I haven't done what I'm supposed to do. You don't need confirmation when you obey. Say that with me. I don't need confirmation when I'm obeying. So don't, you know, I know people, that's what they walk around and look for. Somebody to confirm something in them. So I'm like, no, you're waiting around and wasting time. If you know God has spoken to you, just obey. Amen. And then we have to, remember, we're working out what God is working on the inside of us. And listen, when authorities speak to you, Mm-hmm. How many of you know that authority will speak into your life? I'm talking about somebody that's in charge over you. I know we hate to that. that's just like that word obey. Nobody wants nobody to have charge over them. But if you're in God's system and you're in God's kingdom, that's the way it's set up. That's the way God... Then you're going to have to talk to God about that. But you must obey authority. God set it up that way. And when God speaks to you through authority, so because somebody's in charge of your life, they are there for protection. You may not see it. You And see, sometimes people might be older than the person that's in charge of them, and they feel like, well, I don't, I don't know if I can do it. It doesn't matter about age. It doesn't matter about color. It doesn't matter about size. It doesn't matter about uh, 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 your social status none of that. It, it matters about who God has set up to do his will. So somebody that have charge over me that's giving protection as they speak some things into your life and you know it came from God just obey so then I have to work out what God is trying to work in me. And the only way to do that, again, is through obedience. God is driving that obedience home. Then we learn that obedience means that I have to listen attentively. Attentively. That means I got to pay attention. That means, like right now, you need to tell your children to be quiet, to sit down, or do whatever they're going to do. But you need to be listened attentively. That means I don't need nothing to distract me. Don't worry, the snacks are still there. Let me tell you, you're quarantined. You're going to be able to get to those. Right now, I need to listen attentively right now. That's what obedience is. I am listening attentively. I have to make sure I heard what it is that God is saying. Because you cannot obey what you don't hear. You know, and then you have to do it with the heart. To understand and obey. Then we also said obedience means that I have to submit fully. That is, I have to do everything that God has placed in my heart to do. And then we have to conform completely. That is obedience. Obedience, you know, now listen to this. Obedience is not obedience until I become what I have been asked to do. Then you are in obedience we talked about that. We won't go back on that. Obedience is not obedience until I become what I am asked to do by a holy God. Because how many of you know that you can do what you're asked to do, but you don't change? And that's a difference. And given the opportunity, you would go right back to what you were doing before you were asked to do something different. That's not obedience. But true obedience means that I conform to what was a, I was asked to do. If God asks me to do something, I'm going to obey it until it's not me being obe- until it's not obedience, but it's just me. Did you get that? I want to obey God so fully, so quickly, because what He said that it's no longer me just being obedient. It's just me. Me and obedience have become one. I have become what I've asked, what I've been asked to do. There's a difference. Now, um, then for the last two weeks we got into our first objectives and we talked about uh, rebuilding what was damaged. And we learned that the damage is proper relationships. And we dealt with that extensively. And we learned that, we learned what has been damaged on the inside of us. And we found out that the damage has been us. It's how we relate to what we need. Because I need... I mean, you need relationships in your life. I don't care how much you think you don't need anyone. You need relationships. I need to do... You, know, you, know, you need to know that you need relationships. And you need to know how to re- have relationships properly. Because why? Relationships are useful and what? Valuable to me. They're useful and valuable to me. And then the message took a turn that you didn't expect, remember, because we learned that we're going to have to rebuild damaged relationships. It starts in, in the beginning. We have to rebuild our relationship with God. And a lot of us thought we had a relationship with God, and it was okay until God revealed to you that you've been having a bad relationship with me. And that's in previous teaching. We won't go through all of that. Many of us realize that there's some damage in our relationship with God. We were blaming, you know, blaming Him of things He did not do. And, you know, we have hurts because of unmet expectations. All of those things. Listen, if your relationship with God is damaged, there's no need to try to fix any other relationship because it's not going to work. Because if you can't trust God, you're certainly not going to trust anybody else. If I can't trust God, I'm not going to trust you. Simply put, if I'm not going to get to know God, guess what? I'm not really going to get to know you. See, what I'm talking about, this is the life of the believer. This is the life of the believer. Amen? If I don't know what to expect from God, I certainly don't know what to expect from you. And so I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be on edge. So I must stop and I must fix and work out my relationship with the Almighty God. You know what? That is, I need to make sure that I work out those things that's going on on the inside of me. I need to make sure that I don't have those Cain attributes. Those Cain attributes. You all remember the things that Cain they did. Cain was mad at God and God wasn't mad at him. See, we, we, those are attributes of Cain. Well, I'm mad at God, but God's not mad at you. You know, you might be upset with God because he, you know, you you might even be upset with God because he asked you to do something that you don't want to do. You have to deal with those things. You have to deal with those things. All of those things you have to deal with. Listen, the church is the healing center. So you're in the church for a reason. You need a church, you need the church, you need, I know people think that they don't need to, I, I know they think they can be spiritual without fellowship, they, can, they think they can be spiritual about coming to church once or twice a month, I'm telling you, those people are broken and confused, and I don't care how much they think they know about the word of God, they are broken and confused, because there's no way you need the church. Why? Because this is the healing center. How are you going to be healed if you don't have a church that you belong to, that you can fellowship with, that everybody's around you to help you get where you need to be, where God is going to speak to your heart? Are you following me? And then we said you have to recognize that we have a responsibility and a role in the church. You're just gonna, you know, you, you, you're gonna have to rec- reconcile all those things on the inside. That all the things that strain in the relationship that you have with the mighty God, you know, because while you're calling, listen, this this is what get me. You know, we, we have people, and people say this all the time, and this is another reason why. And, and people really use this because they just don't, really don't want to go to church or, or they want a reason to leave a church or whatever. And they'll say, you know, you know those people in there, they're hypocrites. Well, okay, let's, let's define what you call a hypocrite. Now, if a hypocrite is a person that doesn't do everything that God says, well, I welcome you in. I welcome you in. If that's what you're calling a hypocrite. Because, you know, if, if a hypocrite is a person that, ne- you know, that, that doesn't do everything that God says, you are welcome. Because while you're calling everybody a hypocrite, there's not a person in this sanctuary today or the ones that are listening to me, wherever you are, there's not a person in this room or anywhere that have done everything that God has said, have asked them to do at the time that he asked them to do it. Not a one. And not a one that have ever done everything that he asked them to do at the time that he asked them to do it without ever stopping Never. And ha- there's not a person in here that has done it absolutely correctly. So if that is the only way to, to to not be a hypocrite, then yeah, the church is full of hypocrites. And you are more than welcome to come in. Because just for the fact that you're calling them a hypocrite, you know, calling and, and judging the people... The church—it makes you a hypocrite. So welcome in. Just welcome in. You say those people are looking. Those people. I don't know. Those people are looking at me. Well, you're looking at them. Well, and how do you know if you? How do you know they're looking at you unless you're looking at them? You know. So you. So yeah, somebody's gonna look. But how do you know? It's because you're looking at them as well. Yeah, they're gonna. They're gonna you know, Everybody got eyes. They're going to see. They're going to look at you one day. They're looking at me. How do you know? Unless you're looking. Did you hear me? Unless you're looking, you can look at each other. Why? Because you have eyes to see. Now, they look at you at McDonald's and you don't have no problem with it. Why? Because you don't really know what they packing, so you're like, I don't have no problem with. Nobody. But when you come to church, you don't want nobody looking at you. Hmm. But guess what? Everywhere you go, somebody's looking at you. Everywhere. So tell yourself yeah, eventually somebody's going to look at me. Why? I'm not invisible, so they're going to see me, you know, deal with it. Work it out. That somebody's going to look at you. Then we have to rebuild our relationship with authority. Mm, unfortunately, our relationship with authority is oftentimes the first one that we, uh, that is broken. It is broken before we even leave our house. The, that's the first deal is broken. Broken when we're, we're, we're uh, with our children. Broken with... Maybe it was broken with your mother, your father, your uncle, your sister, your cousin, your brother, whatever. You know, but it, it, you broken relationships with authority, and then we develop that same mentality because you 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 you're all messed up in your families. Then then you bring it right into the church, and then you believe that you don't need to listen to anyone. I don't need anybody's life. I don't need anybody in my life to well, listen. You need authority. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12 that all authority, all authority is ordained of God. So I have to accept the fact that I need authority. You have to work this out, church. Listen, you have to work it out. You need authority. You need boundaries. You need borders. And the only one that you can get that from is authority. Then I have to acknowledge that I have authority. Nobody wants to acknowledge that somebody have authority over them. Nobody wants that. Because you understand, you live in a democracy so long that when the kingdom life is foreign to you. And I don't care how long you've been in church, nobody's telling me what to do. Most people don't even look for authority. They say they don't have authority, they don't want authority, but you don't look for authority. Because if you look for authority, you will find it. You will find it. And some of you know that that you know you you get the main thing let's just say what it is i don't want to submit that 's my problem. Then we have to adjust our attitudes and our, towards authority church my relationship with God and my relationship with the church, but I have to adjust my relationship with authority if any of all of these listen if any or all of these relationships are damaged. Then guess what? Every other relationship is going is going to, that you have will be damaged. So I have to rebuild those relationships first because I can concern myself with I, You know, I can't concern myself with any anybody else. Just work on me, Amen. So now we we we've dealt with all of that in the last three teachings. Now we're going to start. If you want subtitle this message. Healing our hurts. And if you will, go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Healing our hurts. Listen. You and I will not be restored until our hurts are healed. And if they're not, I am subject to perpetuate these hurts until hurts are healed. In other words, as long as I have hurts unhealed... I am open to be easily hurt again because none have not been healed. Let me share something with you right off the bat before we get the flowing in this new information. Everybody have been hurt at some point. So stop looking at yourself like, whoa, it's me. I'm the only one in life that have been hurt. Everybody. You cannot live this life and don't get hurt. Everybody It's not just you. It didn't just happen to you. And you're not just some exception. Everybody who lives life have been hurt. And guess what? I have news for you. If you live, as long as you live, and as long as you understand it, there are chances that something will hurt you again. So you're going to have to know how to do this work. Because hurt is going to always be there. It's going to come. Now here's the problem. Here's the problem. When I've been hurt and I've never allowed the hurt to heal, listen, listen closely. And then don't realize that another hurt is coming because chances are, I don't care if if you've been hurt, chances are another hurt is coming if you're still alive. And you've got this hurt, and it's never been healed, and another hurt is coming, this is what happens. Now I have compound injuries, because I already have a hurt, and it's never been healed, and another hurt's coming, it's just compounded on the hurt I already have. See, these are the things that's happening on the inside that you're not understanding, that God is breaking down to you, and going to give you the tools to get it right. Because now a new hurt is being piled on top of the old hurt. But the old hurt should have been resolved. See, it should have been resolved. It should have been taken care of. When I'm talking about being healed, I'm talking about being sound and healthy from the pain that occurred from that hurt. Being sound and healthy from the pain that occurred from that hurt. When I say that, I mean spiritually sound and healthy. Naturally sound and healthy. In your mind, in your feelings, in your emotions. Mentally sound. Financially sound and healthy. From whatever that pain have occurred. Because a lot of times pain, it'll go straight down the line. Emotionally, it'll go. Financially, physically, all of those things. Last week I told you... That we had to rebuild the damage. And the damage was the proper relationship. This week, I'm talking about healing hurts. Let me tell you what hurts that we have to heal. It's from our past. Past relationships. Past experiences. Listen, listen. If you happen, if you happen... When I say you have to be healed from the past, if something happened this morning, and it's past an hour, something happened this morning that hurt you, it's past an hour, it's the past. It's the past. You should already be working on healing that hurt. One after, one hour after it happened, it's the past. And I have to start working on being healed from the past. Now this is what happened. Some of us, you have had 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 40 years or more, or however many years of things that have hurt us that we've never gone back. And done the work to be healed from what has happened. So all of those years, all the extra hurt has been compounded on and packed on top of the hurt. Because see, why why you? Why whatever happened a long time ago meanwhile other things have happened why? because life keeps going on it keeps moving so it hurts keep going on and so you're compounding on the hurts and we are and it, you know what we, that's why so many people are non-functional that's why they have a difficult time functioning now, I mean, they have a, that, that's why this will help somebody thank you Lord that's why you can't stay on a job. See, you, you unfunctional. You, you see, you don't relate it back to that, but it's all in this compound of hurt and it's over the years, months or whatever, and it's there. That's why I keep telling you you cannot carry hurt from one phase of life unto another. all you're doing is taking it. if you let me tell you if it's a hurt that you had before you married you took it into your marriage. because remember what we said you can't play hurt forever. You know why you won't be ready for the next game. Or the next hurt in this case. Or the next hurt uh, case. I guess my mic is off here. Or the next next case in this, uh, uh, hurt in this case. And guess what? And eventually it catches up with you. You know, while I've been teaching on restoring a generation, you have, you've been non-functional in the assignments because you can't you know why and you wonder you'll be like oh my god the studying of it and laying it out and talking about restoring the generation, and all the different things that god has been talking about to us for months and you're learning where are they getting it can they get it but the thing about it is you see you can't even get up off the bench you played hurt too long you can't even get up off the bench you can't because the, the, listen because at the time that God wanted to use you and uh, you know you you stuck you're stuck on reserve you you're stuck. When he wants to use you, that's when you try to just make him. You're just gonna, you're gonna, you're still trying to play hurt. That's when you're stumbling through things and you're talking off the side of your neck. You're doing all of that because actually you are still on injured reserve. You are not, a, you can't even get off the bench. Too much in your life. Because you spent decades of compounds of hurts piled on that initial hurt that you need yet to go back and rehab and get yourself whole all the way back. And it's so, let me tell you, some of it is so deep, it's so many hurts that have compounded upon that one hurt and it's just packed, packed. And some of you are just packed down with hurt because you don't feel it physically but let me show, it shows in all your actions. Compounds of hurts just just packed in. Well, you know, well, well, Pastor, well, I don't know. Well, you don't, you don't really know that much about hurts. Listen, you can't be in the position that I'm in, or the position I was once in when I found him. Pastor was here. You can never be in a position like that and hurts, <laughs> and don't go through hurts. I probably know more of them than you would ever know. You could, you, you would, you couldn't even, you couldn't even fathom. see a lot of times people just look at the past as like oh yeah i'm going through this i'm going through that but you know no you can't be in a position of any type of authority and don't get hurt and there's a reason why i know yesterday is the past or an hour ago is the past you know why because people throw stuff at me all the time. And I saw them throw stuff at my pastor all the time. And while he might have looked like a man made of steel. And maybe I look like a man of steel. We still have a heart. Like everybody else. But see people don't see that. They don't think that way. So when people think of things or say things and... Do things to hurt that's down on the inside. But I have to realize, and I learned that from my pastor, I have to realize I can't be paralyzed by it. I can't be paralyzed by an injury. Why? Because I'm still in the race. I'm still in the game. I still got to keep it moving. So yes, it hurts, but I got to keep it moving. Now most people, they get hurt. They want to run. They want to stop. They want to. They want to rebel. They want to. But God, you can't do that. You got. You can't be paralyzed. You still got a race to run. So I have to work out my own salvation. Guess what? Because nobody, when I'm hurting. When my pastor was hurting, nobody in the church was going to come and make us feel better. So I have to work it out with God, and so do you. I got to work it out with God, and so do you. Well, Pastor, I just don't know if you really, really know what it means to be hurt. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what it means to be hurt. Actually, there are very, very few people that can be touched. Very few that can be touched with the number of people who have talked about me and have talked about our founding pastor. Don't have a clue. Can't be touched with it. Listen, let's, let's bring it home a little bit. You talk about me now without ever thinking that you're really talking about me. You know why? You don't think of me as a me. You think of me as an entity. You thought of your pastor as an entity. So, you can do that. See, I'm an entity first and foremost. So, if I say something or I do something or I make a decision just like I found pastor to do and you have something to say about it, you don't think of it as, as a me. You think of it as an entity. I know you don't get that. In most person, people's minds, a, a pastor or someone in authority, they're an entity first and a person second. So when you say something about me that you think maybe I did wrong, or I, you know, or why did I do this, or you know, uh, you, you, it's because you don't, or, or you know, you're not even thinking of me as me. Well, why did she do that? Why did Pastor do that? Why did, why did he do? Hmm. When you think of a person as an entity, you don't see him as human. You don't see him with a heart. Then you never consider that. You don't consider them with feelings. You don't consider that. So guess what? You got to work it out. You got to work it out. You know why? Because I'm never going to get people to stop talking about me. And as the years go on, they're going to talk about me even more. Because see that see, I'm in a new role. <laughs> so it's going to be new talk. And I'm never gonna get to I'm never gonna get to that point. And I'm never gonna get to a point where I can't be hurt. But I have to know how to heal my hurts. You have to know how to heal your hurts because you're never going to get to a point that you'll never be hurt. So if I have to know how to heal my hurts, then you have to know how to heal yours. Then you have to come around and you have to say, okay, I know how to heal. This is how I'm going to heal mine. I have to come from the past, past relationships, past experience. That's where I have to go, right there. Because that's where it's all rooted now, somebody might have heard, heard you this morning about something else, but the root of it is from something that happened a while ago, maybe in a relationship, maybe in an experience. Now, I'm about to make a statement, and you have to listen attentively. You've got to hear this. Listen carefully so you'll understand this, because this is what's going to happen in your life. This is what has happened in my life. This is what will happen in your life. Listen attentively and carefully. Some relationships will never be restored. But I must be. Ooh, write that down. Some relationships will never be restored. But I must be. Now, when I say that, that's not an excuse to write people off. That's not an excuse to dismiss folk. It's not an excuse to not pray for people. It's not an excuse to lose hope. Because the Bible says for, you know, that as, in as much that lies within you that you live peaceable with all men. So it's not an excuse for that when I say that some relationships will never be restored. But also I have to come to the realization that some relationships will never be restored. There are some relationships in my life, maybe even in your life, that will never be restored. In other words, that person that will never be restored to the place that they once had in your life. Listen, they might have held a position in your life... It probably, that will never ever be again. It will never be restored. Now, I'm not talking about whether you can go out to eat with them and you can pray with them and, you know, you can go out and have a cup of coffee with them. I'm talking about that there was a spot in your life or in my life that had been torn down. And that spot, listen, it no longer exists. So therefore it will never be restored. Again, it doesn't mean you're throwing the people away. It doesn't mean you have nothing to do with them. Like I said, you can go have coffee. You can do it. That place, that one position, that doesn't exist anymore. Follow me. And so no matter what happens, no matter if I change, no matter if they change, it will never be there again. And see, many of us, and this is a very important thing to understand, we're making our, listen, we're making our healing relationships dependent. See, we're making our healing relationships dependent. we got to come away from that. In other, when I say that, in other words, I can't be whole until that relationship is whole. And it doesn't exist. There are some relationships that will never be restored. There are some people who have hurt you. And there are some people that you have hurt. Guess what? They're not even on the planet anymore. They're not even here. So no matter what the relationship is, they're not coming back. You're not going to ever hold a conversation with them. That position doesn't exist anymore. If you didn't fulfill it while they were alive, or they didn't fulfill it when they were alive, once they're off the planet, there is that, that's, there will be no restoration there. That's done. Because in order to have a restoration, you have to talk. you got to sit, you got to look. well, it. Well, that position no longer exists. You need to understand that. I know some of you feel bad about it. But guess what? You got to go on. Some relationships may may never be restored, but I must be restored. Again, if, if somebody is gone that you didn't fix things with or what re- listen, you have to be restored. You can't live on that. That's compounding the hurt that's on the inside. See, that's one of the things you gotta dig up and get out. Because you done compounded hurts upon that. Oh, I wish I could go back and do it. Well, you can't. That relationship, that position no longer exists. So it is with some relationship. Maybe it's the person that's still on the planet. But and you can talk and you can do it. But as far as that position is concerned, it no longer exists. And you got to be okay with that. And you got to move forward. Listen attentively. Listen attentively. My relationship, listen, is not a, a, a... My relationship is not with a person. It's not with a place. And it's not with an experience. i say it again. My healing is not in a relationship with a person... With a place on experience, my healing is not in a relationship with a person. And see, you hear people say, "You know what? If if they would just, you know, you know, if they would just apologize, then I would." not No. Your healing is not in a relationship with a person. Well, you know what? I ju- I just need to move. I need to relocate. I just need to go to another church or I need to move to another city. I need to just get out of here. Your relationship is not, and your healing, I'm sorry, is not in a geographical location. (laughs) I don't care where you go. It's not in a geographical location. I need to just go somewhere. I need to just be out of this environment. Listen, it's not in a location. You know why? It's not in a location a person or an experience because there's one bag that you can't leave when, you, when you're making that move if you want to move to another place it's one thing that if, you, if you're dealing with, with, with a person an experience the reason why that it has nothing to do with a location or any of that it's one bag that you can't leave when you relocate and that's your heart that's your heart. Ooh. It's coming with you wherever you go. Healing is not an experience. Well, if they would just apologize, no, if they would just come, if they would just come to church, you know, and, you know, and, and if they would just admit that, you know that's all they have to do is admit they're wrong. And if they would come back and do this, you know, I'd do that. If they do this, I'd do that. Let me tell you this. And this would avoid you to to have me to counsel you or want counseling from anyone. See, I believe sometimes if you tell people what you say in counseling, it'll keep them from coming to you because they'll know what you're going to say. If you've been totally devastated by hurt, people like to say, you know, they need to apologize. Oh, if you know what I... It'll be okay. If they would just come to church, it would make things better. Everybody have a list of if they would do. If it was just this or if it was just that. (laughs) But I'm going to show you, none of that's true. If they did any of that, it has nothing to do with your healing. Even if they apologize, it has nothing to do with your healing. Prove it out. Let's say a person who hurt you came to you and said, you know what? I had an experience. I was riding down 35 and I was made blind. And God spoke to my heart. And he told me some things. And now I just want to repent from what I did to you and, and I want to, I, you know, I want to live for God now. You know what you'd say? That ain't God. What? I know better. No, he didn't come up to me with That ain't no way. See, that's the problem. See, that's, that's why I have a problem with them. They're always coming up with stuff like that. See, what, what is all of that? What, what is all of that? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Blind. That was not Jesus. It was not, the devil is a liar. I mean, if they came up and did all of that, understand this. There is nothing anyone can say or do that will heal your hurt. See, because remember, we're talking to somebody come up to you to tell y'all that, that have hurt you. You ain't trying to hear none of that. Like, oh, seriously? After what you did, now God's talking to you. You know what? Just play it off, mm because mm-mm, mm-mm. All of us have been, listen, let me fix it for everybody. All of us have been hurt by somebody. And guess what? All of us have hurt somebody. So let's fix it. So you won't think that, you know, you, you know, I've been hurt. You've hurt somebody. You've hurt somebody. What about that? Everybody has hurt somebody. And everybody's been hurt. You don't have no franchise on being hurt. Hmm. Listen. You're not going to feel better because they apologize, if that's what you want. I know that's what you think you want, if they would just apologize. Let me tell you, if they, feel the, feel, uh, if they apologize, they feel better. But notice, when somebody apologizes to you, how do you feel? They feel better, but do you? Even if you accepted it with your mouth, in your mind you're saying something like, mm-hmm, "They're just coming to me because Pastor talked to them. Or, mm, they get me because Mama said it." Yeah, okay, yeah, I forgive you. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, I forgive you. Guess what? That's your hurt. See, this is see, this is what you gotta see. <laughs> That's your hurt that God is saying you have to deal with. Now listen again. Listen attentively. Don't get frustrated. Listen attentively. Because I'm about to make one of those turns again. So listen attentively. I'm going to tell you how hurts are healed. Hurts are healed through forgiveness. That's the only way you're ever going to be healed. And some months back we've learned what it means to forgive. It means to let go, let it go, let it be, and leave it alone. And to give up the debt. You all remember those in previous teachings? I said that you have to learn to forgive if you're going to be healed. And the definition God has given us to be healed. You have to, or to forgive, you have to let it go, let it be, leave it alone, and give up the debt. Whatever debt it is. See, the debt is if they would come back and apologize. That's your debt. (laughs) You know, when you keep telling people, saying, I want somebody, they need to apologize. That's your debt you're giving them. They need to apologize. I'm waiting for them to apologize. But how many of you know, just according to the land, just according to the natural, how many of you know that what happens is this. Debt collects interest all the time. So every day that they don't apologize, you increase that debt. You increase that debt. So now it's coming on after about 10 years. Debt with interest. And remember, forgiveness is giving up the debt. But the longer they don't apologize to you, the more you increase that debt. And this is what you do. So they finally come. Five years later and say, I'm sorry. you thinking to yourself, I know better. You owe me more than that. This is sorry. Now, when you first did it, that would have been okay. But it's been five years. A lot of things done happen since then. A lot of things didn't happening. You ain't been this. You haven't done this Oh, no, you know, it's a little more than I'm sorry now. See, you've added interest to that debt that you were supposed to let go. Five years ago you owed me simply I'm sorry, but I'm sorry not now. You have if interest have been added, you've tripled it. See you even more you're mad now. You've tripled things up since then. You have to forgive, give it up, give up the debt. Listen, listen, listen. Forgiveness causes. Healing of the heart. Forgiveness allows your heart to be healed. God is telling, He just gave you the tool. If you forgive, let the debt go. It's the beginning of the healing of the heart. Now let me tell you what this takes. Work. <laughs> And you know why it takes work? Because we don't want to. That's why it's so hard. You know, it would really be easy if we were like, yeah, that's what I really want to do. No. It's hard work to forgive because we don't want to. I don't want to forgive you for that. You hurt me. And I want to remember that hurt. I don't want to. (laughs) <laughs> we do not want to forgive. Now, listen what we do want. We want to be healed and keep unforgiveness. Heal me, Lord. But in the back of my mind, I don't know what they do. but heal me, Lord. I want to be healed and keep unforgiveness. <laughs> we want what happened To no longer bother us being healed while I hold on to it, though. (laughs) I want to be healed. I don't want it to bother me, but I want to hold on to it. Listen, let it go. So, when you don't let go, you keep the debt. You keep the debt. Now, you got to be honest. See, you got to be honest. We want to be healed. But we still want the debt. We still want the debt. We want to move forward. But we want to remember. Like, this is fine, but I... You know, that's that little deal, you know, uh, I forgive you, but I don't forget. I want to move forward, but I don't want to forget. I want to always remember what you did. I want to remember what caused it, how it went, what you said, what you told somebody else. I want to hold on to all of that. But I still God want to be healed. Many of you out there, you want God to heal you. And you like this message until it came to this. Because you want to hold on to you don't want to do it, but it takes work. Work it out. Work it out. Now in order to get rid of the pain, you got to let go of everything. Let everything go. Um, but they don't deserve. Uh, nope, it's not about what they deserve. It's about what you deserve. See, you're still trying to add on. But they don't deserve. You don't know. What they, it's not about what they deserve. It's what you deserve. You deserve to be whole. You deserve to be healed. It's not about what they did. It's not about what they did. It's about what God wants to do on the inside of you. Let it work. That's God working in them unseen places. Unseen that nobody knows about. That you can smile through on the face when you see them But God say your heart is messed up And you got debt that you holding on to Everything you're holding on to Even coming into the church You can laugh, you can smile with them You can act like everything's okay But your heart is not right You're holding on to the debt You won't let it go You want to get rid of the pain. Well, if you do, let everything go. You deserve to be healed. Tell yourself, you know what, it's not about what they did. But it's about what God is going to do on the inside of me. I'm preparing myself for his next move. For every one of us and you... That have been hurt, there's already things that God have told I'm telling you, I'm going to show you how you don't want to do it. There's already things that God have already told you to do, and you don't want to do it. Concerning forgiveness, He's told you to do time and time again. you just don't want to do it. You don't want to work out what he's working in you. you just don't want to do it, but that is your salvation that's your salvation because see if I'm not healed of hurts it affects every relationship I don't care what it affects every relationship and church listen there's a difference in being healed and being bandaged now, many people in the church got bandages all over. If we would see them in the Spirit, you would see bandages everywhere. And they're not, they're not healed, just bandaged up. Bandaged up. And that's what we want. We want bandages. Our, you know, our relationships, you know, that's what we want over our relationships, our hurts. You know, put a bandage on it. Let's wrap it up. And God said, No. In my next move, you must be healed. You must be made whole. That's not being healed, being banded. How many of you know, uh, how many of you have ever had a compression put on? You know, you can, you can have your feet swelling or you can compress your muscles with things. But have you noticed whenever you take that compression off, everything goes back the same? Everything goes back the same? You can't live on a, on a compression. That's all a bandage is doing. It's compressing the deal. But take the bandage off. It's the same thing. Because you need to be healed. Now I'm going to give you three simple points. Everybody say work it out. Number one. Restoration requires that I see the situation from God's perspective. If I don't see it from God's perspective, I must see the situation from God's perspective. We're talking about healing. See, this is why I spend time on the relationship with God. Because if our relationship with God is damaged, we will not see anything from God's perspective. You will not. Many of you are angry with God because of what you think He allowed somebody to do to you. Can't believe that God allowed that to happen. So we're just as hurt. By what we think God did is what we think somebody did. Can't believe it. I'm a child of God and God let something like that happen. So then when God tries to show you how to see it, you're not going to want to see it. Why? Because I feel like that God... Is a co-conspirator with this thing because he let it happen. He allowed it to happen. So now I'm having a little problem because God is telling me, that ain't really God. I ain't about to do any of that. I don't, I don't have to do all of that. I wasn't in the wrong. I wasn't. See, you're not seeing it from God's perspective anymore because now I'm mad because God, you let this happen. Now I have a problem all around with the person that hurt me and God with you because you could have stopped it. And God is saying, let me show you how to deal with that. Forgive. And count it gone. Just let the debt go. Let it go. Leave it alone. And move on. And you'll be like, oh no sir, no ma'am, no whoever. I'm not letting that go. I, because why? Now I can't see it from God's perspective. I feel like I have a Right? When God tried to show you how to see it, you're not going to want to see it His way. You will not. He allowed this to happen. Mm-mm. See, we're talking real talk this morning. See, this is what goes on on the inside that nobody else hears or nobody else says, you you know, now I got, you know what, wait a minute. Before this, I, I need to go talk to God because this is crazy now. Because God could, oh, no, 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 no. I know He's my Father. He wouldn't let this happen. But it happened. I have a problem with that God. See, you have to learn that God is not a cult conspirator with your hurt with your hurt so I have to get my relationship right with God why? so I can start seeing the situation from his perspective which is going to be different from your experience it's going to always be different and it's going to be different from your perspective God's perspective, when you've been hurt, is going to be totally different from your perspective. Now, once again, this requires obedience. Obedience. That means that I'm going to have to listen to what God is speaking to my heart. I'm going to have to submit fully to what He's saying. And I'm going to have to conform completely. Now, here's the problem. Again... We don't want to. We always go back. I don't want to, God. Why? Because what he's trying to do is get me to forgive. I don't, I don't. They did it to me. Let's be honest, church. Let's just be honest. You know, we always want to be honest. It's just human nature to hold on, isn't it? It's just human nature. I'm going to hold on to this thing. I am not going to let it go. That is human nature. That's why he said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Because human nature is to hold on. It is our human nature just not to forgive. That's human nature. So watch this. Restoration requires that I see, letter A, that God did not cause my hurt. See, i got to first see that. God did not cause my hurt. John 10 and 10 says that the thief, the thief cometh, not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said that I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. James 1 says every good and perfect gift comes from, down from above and, if, uh, and is of God. And there's no variableness or shadow of turning. In him. The Bible also tells us in Second Timothy that we're living in perilous times. Perilous times. I'm living in times where men will be them, Be lovers of themselves, it tells us. Despisers and despiteful of things that are good. See, we gotta know that. What the scripture says. He said they're gonna love themselves. Do all of that. So I got to know, God did not cause my hurt. Either the adversary caused it, or the world in which I lived in caused it, the times in which I live in, or somebody that's subject to these times caused my hurt. And what I'm going through, but God did not. Make that clear in your mind. God did not cause my hurt. God is the source of your peace. He is the source of your joy. He is the one that's going to comfort you. God is your helper. He's your healer. He didn't cause you. Now, how, can, how do you think that you can have a contentious relationship with the healer and then expect to be healed? How? how? I just don't get it. How do people think I can have this kind of relationship with God and want Him on point with what I need, God? I have a contentious relationship with you, but heal me anyway. You can't have a contentious relationship with the healer and expect to be healed. God is our healer. Let me give you a natural example that I think might help you with this. Many of people get angry with their doctor. They be like, oh God, this doctor of mine, oh, you know, the, you know the, the doctor's treating them for whatever's going on with them, but the treatment causes discomfort. Side effects or whatever. And so now I'm mad at the doctor. Oh God, this doctor done put me on this medication and oh all it does is make me drowsy make me sleepy. I'm, you know, I'm not gonna take this. I'm not hm. but they're treating you. And guess what? They did not put what's on the inside of you that they're treating you for. They didn't put that in you. They're trying to resolve that hurt that's on the inside. But I'm complaining, God, look I mean look, look, this doctor's putting me on all this stuff. Uh uh-uh, uh 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 I don't want to do it. You would be dead if they wouldn't give you that treatment. Blood pressure so high that if somebody cut you off one more time, you go you're going to be in serious trouble. They they'd have to rush you to a hospital, but I am just upset. Why does doctor? You know I don't know about these doctors. You know uh, they they want to do this, that, another. You know I can't believe this doctor's cutting on me. You had a tumor. Something on it that you had to be cut. I don't I don't like this. This is you know all this. I'm feeling you know. The doctor is trying to treat you, trying to get you healed, angry at him while you're trying to get better and this, this is the thing this is what people don't get and they don't understand now this this is going to be a this is a little twofold lesson for the doctor and God the doctor. Whatever they're treating you for, they didn't put it there. A doctor, they give you some medicine and you feel like, oh no, I don't want to take this. and I don't want to. Let me tell you something. (laughs) Treatments are discomfort. they're, They're not comfortable. They cause discomfort. But sickness hides. I said treatment. See, see, cause you could be feeling good and you can die. And you could be taking treatment and feel bad because of the treatment, but you're getting well. But we don't see it that way. So we're mad at the doctor because you're doing this and you're doing that and you're giving me this and you're giving me that. Listen, listen. Doctors are a good gift. Stop complaining about the doctors. And what they're doing for you. Because if it wasn't for them giving you the treatment, guess what? You would be dead. They're treating you. There's no doctor that go to school for eight years, do residency, do all of that to kill you. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I got several. I want to euthanize. I just no. They go there because they want to heal you. They want to heal, and they know it's gonna take the steps. We have a problem with it. We want to complain about it. But guess what? A little discomfort with the treatment and getting well is better than not getting well at all. But you don't see it. I just want to be mad because the one that's over me is not doing what I think they should do. Because I've seen so many people that call they can they can I'm telling they can tell you everything that's wrong with themselves, like they've been to school. So you need to stop all of the foolishness about what the doctor don't know and what God don't know. What the doctor don't see and what God don't see. God, God, you're telling God everything about what somebody did to you like he can't see. You don't understand. God knows. God knows. Why do you think you're streaming on here this Sunday? Somebody's in here... That you didn't even plan on being here, but you're here. That's because God knows. See, you think it was just by happenstance, or just because somebody invited you on, or, or just because you were just looking for somewhere to go and do stream, you know, but, but God, this message is because God knows. And here's the thing restoration requires letter see that God is well, you gotta see that God is faithful. Not just say it, but see it. Because, see, he didn't cause the hurt. And because he knows what happens to you. He knew what happened to you when you got hurt. He knows. But I have to rest in the fact that he's faithful. Now listen. God, You have to say, God is faithful to me. Meaning, he's not going to allow me to go through something that he won't provide grace for me to go through. You have to know that. You've got to say, I believe God. You have to, God is faithful. You have to say, God is faithful to me. You, you know, God You. you God sees everything that have happened. God is faithful to me. And if some of you would just lift up your head, you would see that God has been more than faithful to you. More than faithful to you more faithful than you can even imagine. I like the way we said, He's been better to you than you've been to yourself. Hmm. And see, God is not only faithful to you, He's faithful to heal and restore. You have to say that. God, you're faithful to heal me and restore me. And there's not a hurt in my life that God cannot heal he can heal me of every hurt that's in my life now I have to work some things out see nothing is magical because then you've got uh, nothing is magical <laughs> know that you're going to have to work you still got to put the work in you got to work it out but he's giving you the tools He's giving you the tools to work it out every time. You can work this out. Why? Because he's faithful. And because I obey him and obey what he's saying, I know he's faithful. I know he's, I have to obey what he's saying. You know, every time that you do what God asks you to do, I'm going to tell you right now, He's faithful to heal. Heal every hurt in your life. When you're faithful to do what God asks you to do, I don't care how hard it seems to do, I don't care how much you don't want to do it, if you're faithful to do it, God will heal the hurts in your life. I also have to know that God is faithful To repay. Oh, see, you, you even gotta try to do anything. God is faithful to repay. That's why you don't have to be the debt collector. That's why you can let the debt go. You can let it go. Why? Because God is faithful to repay. I don't have to hold the debt. That's why I can let it go. Why? Because I serve a God who is faithful. To make good of any debt that's old. Now go with the. Are you in Romans chapter 12? Did I tell you all to go to Romans chapter 12? Verse 17. No, I'm. Yes, I, I'm at the wrong page. 12 verse 17. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest. In the sight of all men, I love that. now see that now he said, in the sight of all men that 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 shows you something right there. when you got when you have to go to court, listen, don't lie, don't exaggerate, don't stretch the truth oh we can stretch the truth and not call it a lie don't get to, you know when you go to court, don't go there to get back to some, on somebody. I don't care if you're going for child support. I don't care if you're going for whatever. Don't go to court to get somebody back. He just told you, recompense to no man evil for evil. But provide things honest in the sight of God. Verse 18. If it be possible, as much as lies in you, live peaceable with all men. In other words, give God space and you stop trying to do His job. Give him space by doing this. Just give him space. Stop trying to avenge yourself. Listen, this is what people in church don't understand. Understand this about me, and then you'll never have to worry again. Every Sunday, whether we're streaming or whether we have regular service, I have a mic and an audience, and I can straighten out any misunderstanding, any misunderstanding. See, I don't have to live with misunderstandings between nobody. I have a mic and an audience. and I can get up here and straighten out any misunderstanding every week. But you know what? I give God space. Because I don't have to avenge myself. I don't have to avenge myself. I don't have to pay evil for evil. See, look at what God says in 19b. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, said the Lord. Now watch this. No matter what you think somebody owes you, it fails in comparison of what you owe God. Now listen, if God start collecting debts, see, that makes you step back. <laughs> that makes you say, Okay, God, don't try to avenge yourself. Because when you do then say, Now God, now you 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 do the same for me with the debt we owe. How many of you know if you're honest about something? Some of these hurtful situations. And we didn't go into them and you know, we, you know, listen. <laughs> Thank you Lord, I'll say that. We all are looking at somebody, what somebody did to us. But God said, make sure you tell them that they didn't go into it Unarmed. He said, tell them I saw their part too, as, l- as well as I saw the one that hurt them part. So you had your part too. You didn't go in there unarmed. You ain't that weak. Did you hear me? God said, you didn't go into them unarmed. When it was when it, when it all, all said and done, everybody was bloody and wounded. On both sides. That's why we want to get out of the vengeance mind and the recompense business. Hmm. Because God is going to say, oh, so you're trying to hold a debt. And God will say, oh, but you know what? You made a nice little bill of your own. Let me tell you about you. Ooh. See, we want to lay back on what we are part in it. But God will remind us. Oh, you made a little debt yourself. Why are you telling me all the debt that they owe? And why are you holding on to all that they did? Let you have a little debt that you made, or you made a bill yourself. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You thought that I was going to say in the way to be restored, you got to just confess to Jesus and, and God was just going to come down and just restore you. You was going to name it and claim it and that was it. You, was just, you know, you were going to do all of those things. That, but it doesn't work that way. You can't decree and declare unforgiveness. And God's just going to, no, you, you can't agree and declare restoration. It takes work. You have to put in the work and you got to work it out. Restoration requires, point number two, that I see the person from God's perspective. That's going to be my last one for today. That I see the person or a person from God's perspective. So not only do I see the situation from God's perspective, I have to see the person from God's perspective. Now that's totally different. That's why your relationship with God has to be rebuilt. Why? Because I don't want to see the person the way God sees them. I want to see them the way they was when they hurt me. I want to say that. No good, you know. That's what you want. And let me tell you why we don't want to see it the way God sees it. Because you think God takes sides. <laughs> and we think God is soft on the other person. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, they do Mm-mm. God doesn't take sides. God takes His will. But see, we think. Now listen, this requires obedience. Again, obedience. If I'm going to see this person from God's perspective, I'm going to have to listen attentively, submit fully, and conform completely. Hmm. Run over to Matthew chapter 5. Listen, restoration requires, letter A, that I see people as they are. <laughs> I have to see people as they are. Mm. Mm. You know what? I'm going to stop there because if I, I'll have to go into a whole another whole one. We'll, we'll pick that up on next week. But you can just write that down. I have to see people as they are. And we're going to pick it up in Matthew chapter 5. Sometimes it will require you to see people as they are. (laughs) Not as they were when they hurt you. And that's where we don't want to see them. That's the only way we look at them is the way they were when they hurt us. But God said, nope, I'm requiring you to see them as they are. And I know, I know, we're going to deal with why we think God is taking sides or why we think, oh, you know, God is a God. they got away with this. Well, no. let me tell you. Again, God said, a lot of times you just don't know him, but you will get to know him. God is requiring us to be restored. He's requiring you to be restored. There's many hurts that are in you that nobody knows about but you and God. Your spouse might not, not necessarily know. Might, they might know some, but there's things on the inside that just hurts. And God said, in order for you me, me to use you in the next move, you're going to have to be made whole. You're going to have to be healed. And you can be healed. God has just given you way. Forgiveness is more. Leave it alone. Let it go. Let the debt go. Don't touch it. Forget about it. Fully. Let everything go. Drop it everything and then your heart will begin to heal not just saying it see a lot of times we are just saying we are sorry but it's not no this is a heart issue this is much more than a verbalization of I'm sorry this is a heart healing God said I have to heal your if you want to be restored you're going to have to be restored just like that you're going to have to be restored through God's methodology not yours God's way not yours and God's way is healing completely made whole completely restored completely and with that God is going When his next move you'll be on the front line because God said I can trust you why because you obeyed and obedience is better than sacrifice let go I know I know you don't want to I know that it seems hard. It's only hard because you don't want to. Whatever God told you before, do it. He hasn't changed. You have to do that. He said, I've told you time and time again what to do pertaining to this. And you keep wanting to do it your way. You keep letting the enemy, stop forgetting you have an enemy, talk you out of doing what I've told you to do concerning forgiveness. God said, I don't want to hear your excuse anymore about what somebody should apologize for, why they're doing this, what they should do. God, I'm telling you what you should do because I'm dealing with your restoration, not theirs. I'm dealing with your restoration. And if you want to be restored, God is here to restore you. Lift your hands toward heaven.